Now, you're in the WOR Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. NFL Free Agency, technically four hours old, but uh, it feels a lot longer than that. And uh, with all the reports and the signings and the non-tampering deadline, it has been nutty for uh, a few days here. And Ralph Vacchiano has been taking care of all that for SNY. And uh, Ralph, just it's another couple of days for you, huh? Yeah, nice and quiet. <laughs> able to get a lot of rest, uh, you know. Geared up for the NCAA tournament. It's all good. <laughs> I think Ralph slept uh, at the studios last night at SNY. Is that true, Ralph? Yeah, it was pretty close to true. <laughs> They're very, very late. Wow. Uh, and it, obviously, both the Jets and the Giants is an immensely important time of year, uh, You know, both with high draft picks and the draft as well, keeping it super interesting for those two teams. Uh, what do you think about you know, how the Jets handled their quarterback situation? Josh McCown on a you know $8 million deal. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater brought in. Uh, what would be your guess as to you know who's the opening day quarterback for this Jets team? Well, I think it probably will end up being Josh McCown, and I, I think the Jets did about as good as they could have done, given the fact that uh, they didn't get Kirk Cousins, and <clears throat> excuse me, probably weren't going to get Kirk Cousins, and he clearly wanted to go to Minnesota. I think they've known that for weeks. Uh, honestly, I don't blame him; it's his best chance to win. Um, but you know, my understanding is the Jets made a good offer to him. It was competitive. It was pretty much as good as Minnesota's. But he chose elsewhere. When you look at the rest of the market, you know there weren't a lot of good free agent options. Case Keenum, uh, Sam Bradford, guys like that are stopgap options. They wanted a younger quarterback. So yeah, they bring in Josh McCown, but they also bring in Teddy Bridgewater, who's 25 and was once um, you know a rising star in the league. And they very well might draft somebody, and and you know then they'll have two young quarterbacks. I mean, hopefully they draft the right guy, but they, you know it sort of hedges their bets a little bit. So, um, you know, given the landscape and the fact that they really didn't have a quarterback, I, I think they did pretty well, especially considering how well Josh played last year. You know, Ralph, if Josh is going to start Week One, and I know there's a long way to go, who knows how this thing is going to shake out? What would Bridge? Why would Bridgewater sign here? I mean, I'd have to believe he'd, he'd go somewhere knowing that he would at least be able to compete for the chance to start. I guess his contract's got a bunch of, uh, maybe you could inform us further, a bunch of incentives in it, maybe what those incentives are as far as playing time goes. But I would have to imagine Bridgewater would not come here unless he thought he could at least compete for the starting job. Yeah, and I'm sure he does. Uh, you know, I'm sure that's part of the reason for the contract. Uh, you know, you got a one-year deal that's worth about $5 million, but there's $10 million worth of incentives that are tied to performance and playing time. I don't know if there's specific breakdowns of it, but basically, if he ends up as the starter, he could earn most of that money. And um, I think that, you know, I know there have been reports that Josh McCown was told he'll be the starter. Um, I haven't been told that. What I think is the case is that he was told he'll go into camp as the starter. You know, you're the number one guy because Teddy Bridgewater, because of his knee, in fact, he missed two years, is an unknown. The rookie they get out of the draft will be somewhat of an unknown. Josh is a proven guy, but. I do believe they're very open to the idea that Bridgewater or somebody can outplay McCown in the summer and end up as the starter. I think they definitely told Bridgewater, you come here, Josh McCown is a short-term option. You're going to get a chance to compete. If you win the job, you might be our long-term guy here, and you'll get a lucrative deal next year. Well, And even with two quarterbacks being signed, would you still expect the Jets are drafting a quarterback with that number 6 pick uh, in a month? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, it's, look, it's a long way to go to the draft. There's six weeks to go. I don't really have a good read on 
which of these guys they like or if they like them or what the teams in front of them are going to do. But I think that's their hope at the moment that, you know, there's four top quarterbacks up there. One of them should slip to number six. And, uh, you know, they're not looking for get an immediate need guy because we're going to go to the playoffs next year. We need this receiver, this lineman. They're building for the future. And I don't think that they want to do what they've done in the past where they, you know, they get a guy like Christian Hackenberg or Geno Smith or Mark Sanchez, and they say, he's our guy for the future, and then it doesn't work out. They're going to hedge their bets. So the best way to do that is have one young guy from the draft, have Teddy Bridgewater at age 25, let him fight it out over the next couple of years, and hopefully one of the two of them will emerge as that guy they've been looking for for really like 40 years now. Mm-hmm. Talking with SNY's NFL insider, Ralph Bacchiano. You know, Ralph, it's interesting to me. I mean, I, I get the idea that they could still take a uh, quarterback with the sixth pick, but how aggressive will they be? I mean, do you think that there's a chance they move up to take a guy that they love? If they just sit at six and teams jump in front of them and start picking these guys off the board, that could change their plan. So when then they, uh, where they don't then have that quarterback, how important is it now with bringing McCown back the veteran, with taking a chance on a guy like Bridgewater who could be potentially a, a French quarterback, how important is it for the Jets to select a quarterback, um, not only just in this draft, but specifically with that first pick they have? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important, and I think that, um, you know, you're, you're looking at a franchise that understands that if you don't have a quarterback, you're searching for one. You're not going to compete for that Super Bowl. And the reality is that bringing back Bridgewater and McCown, uh, bringing in Bridgewater, bringing back McCown was a nice move. It doesn't answer the question. Who's our quarterback for the next five years? Because, again, Josh McCown's 38, about to be 39. Bridgewater is an unknown. So they're still looking for that answer. And until they find it, I believe that there's nothing more important. And I think you know, if, they, if they decide we need to get a quarterback in this draft, you gotta, you have to go get it. You can't just sit there and say, oh, let's see what happens and hedge your bets a little bit. That, that's where teams get in trouble. Go for it. Move up if you have to. If you decide, you know what, we love – Sam Darnold, try to get up, see what you can do, and, and grab that guy. Because, again, otherwise, if you don't find your quarterback, if you, you just don't have a guy you have a conviction on, or you do and you let him go, you're going to be in the same quarterback hell that they've been in you know, pretty much for as long as I've been covering this league. <laughs> It's always encouraging talking with you, Ralph. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, I know. It's crazy. I have all these Jets quarterbacks flashing through my mind right now. It is not a, it's not a highlight reel. As we chat with Ralph Bacchiano, how about the Giants? Uh, they signed Nate Solder. They wanted to, you know, take care of this offensive line. That will certainly help. What I think is fascinating about the Giants is they could go one of two directions. They could say, we're going to try to, you know, build around Eli for the next two years and get back to a championship contender which would maybe mean they take Saquon Barkley in the draft or they could you know draft that quarterback in the future and and look a few years ahead do you think there's anything that we could read into as far as what the Giants did in free agency that might tell us what the Giants are thinking no I don't think so just yet um I I do think that uh you know getting Nate Solder was a terrific move because you have yeah, it's just a, it's been a disaster on the offensive line. No spot has been worse than left tackle where Eric Flowers uh, has been a mess. Now they finally solidified that spot. I know they wanted the guard Andrew Norwell from Carolina. I actually love spending the money on the left tackle better. I think that's a a more important position. You can find guards elsewhere, but no matter what their plan is, they had to fix that line. And you know Nate Solder's not come in for just a year or two. He, he is thirty, but 
uh, you know, you're going to, or close to it, you're going to have to have a contract. He gave him a five year contract. He's going to be here for a while. That's the hope. Um, you're going to build other uh, parts of the line around him, whether it's for Eli Manning or for whoever the next guy is. So I don't think they've tipped their hand yet. I th- honestly, I think they'll do that on draft day. Um, if they don't take a quarterback number two, then they are absolutely going for it. And you know they, they've decided that Eli Manning is going to be our guy for two, maybe three more years, and we're going to try and win a championship. It's got to be more than one year because I think going from three and thirteen to the Super Bowl with this team is probably unrealistic. Um, but if they are looking long term, and you know, I still think that that's a smart play, mm-hmm. you get a chance to get your quarterback for the next ten years. It's a rare chance you hope sitting at number two in the draft. You have to do it, and I, I do think that's their philosophy. But uh, you know, you never know. The, the if they somehow decide that, gee, we're really close here, sometimes that can be enticing. How much of it, Ralph? Now, I'd have to think that just because we don't know what the Giants' plans are, I'd have to think that they know what they're going to do, regardless of what anybody else does, specifically the Browns with the number one pick uh, in the draft. But how much of that do you think factors in? If the Browns take a quarterback and Barkley is there, would that change their thinking? Does that change your opinion on uh, you know your gut feeling about them taking a quarterback? Well, it does change it a little bit, but this this is the caveat, that, which is the real unknown, especially outside of the Giants building. I think they are going to take a quarterback if they believe one of those four guys can be a franchise quarterback. If they feel about them the way that Eli, or the way that Ernie, of course, you felt about Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger about, back in 2004, he was convinced those two guys could become Hall of Fame players. If Dave Gettleman... John Mayer and everybody else looks at that and says, wow, Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, those guys are definitely it. Yeah, they're going to take a quarterback. But what happens if they only think one guy is that? Or if they only decide that Sam Darnold? Well, then it depends on what the Browns do and whether they can trade up or whether the Browns take Saquon Barkley. So there are some variables here. Um, and I just think the most important thing is, do they believe any of these guys can be the next Eli Manning? I can't wait for draft night. Draft night's going to be really phenomenal. Is, yeah, they, they should do a movie on this yeah. draft year. Can you get to see first, what is that? Can you rest a little bit first. <laughs> <laughs> no, Ralph, come on, get the uh, get the couch ready in the green room. Another night of SMY for you. <laughs> if they feed me, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ralph Bacchiano, SNY. Thanks for the time tonight, Ralph. My pleasure, guys. Anytime. Yeah, extremely busy man, and we appreciate the time. Ralph Vacchiano, NFL Insider for SNY. 800-321-0710, uh, the number to get involved. Uh, we'll dive in to follow up uh, on something we talked about with Ralph. We'll be rolling until 9 o'clock, and make sure to stay tuned as well for your chance to win $1,000 coming up at 9.05, right here on 710 WOR. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Uh, 800-321-0710 again involved. Uh, Salicata in on this Wednesday night as he is every Wednesday night. Uh, How many least, more we got to go here? Yeah, I was going to say we got, I think, two more and then we get right into baseball season. So the 21st and the 28th and then the Mets open up on March 29th. But I was looking today. They have a bunch of afternoon 
games, you know, day games on Wednesdays throughout the course of the year. So we get to keep that intact at least a little bit. Uh, it's great. Yeah. And uh, for those of you that don't know, once we hit baseball season, uh, the Mets play you know, that, one of those weekday afternoon games. Mm-hmm. We cross over from six to eight and, and work together there. And then when the Mets are out on the West Coast, uh, we do the, you know, basically the same sports zone six to nine time right. uh, together. And, yeah. And you'll be on obviously by yourself during the games uh, and I'll be on by myself on the off days. So between the two of us, we should have it covered throughout the course of the year. Got every day covered. Yeah. <laughs> every day for six months covered between the two of us. 800-321-0710. Mac in Jersey. How we doing, Mac? I'm doing great. Awesome. Uh, like the enthusiasm. A couple of things are driving me crazy. One, Giant fans are thinking that Cleveland is going to be stupid enough to pass up on Barkley when they have a ton of picks, including number four, to pick up a quarterback. That's one. Number two, everyone is being very mealy-mouthed about these quarterbacks that are coming out. When a franchise, Elway-type guy is available, people say it. But no one is saying that about Josh Allen, about Darnell, about any of these guys. They're just saying, if the Giants feel that this guy is... Well, does do you feel... You know, the gentleman was just on. He didn't commit himself to saying that any of these guys are anything. I love Darnold. Yeah, I love Rosen. What's the problem? Right. And I think Allen has the ability to be good, but he's going to be a little bit more of a project. Uh, I agree. I would take. See, I would not touch Darnold. I mean, I was not passing on Barkley. You know, here's the other problem that we have. We don't get the chance to sit down and sit with these kids and interview them. That's a big factor, too, okay? So, because here's the problem. Regardless of what you see during the games or on tape or you watch their highlights or whatever it may be, regardless of what quotes you read or anything like that, A, you're not sitting with the kid individually and asking him the questions that you would want to ask, and B, you don't know how someone is going to handle adversity. Most of these kids have not failed ever before in their life. When things go wrong, especially in New York City, that is when you're going to find out about somebody. And we've seen it time and time again in all different sports with all different athletes, so it's impossible to sit here so sure and say, this is the guy I love. You're you're taking all things into account that you know and to the best of our knowledge try to give you a strong opinion, but really you, you, you you don't know. But when Andrew Luck was coming out, I didn't hear any of this reasonable stuff about, well, we haven't talked to him yet. It was like, he's Andrew Luck. He has to be taken. He's this, he's that. I don't hear that enthusiasm about any of these other guys. I think it's because it's a crowded class, and you can argue... Rosen versus Darnold. Uh, you can argue Josh Allen. I, I think it's it's more comparable to the Eli Rivers Roethlisberger class, where I don't know if any of these guys will end up being Hall of Fame level, right? That's big, but you have a lot of talent. It's a very talented quarterback draft at the top. Three guys that if you could take them in the top five, and you need a quarterback, you should be excited about that. I'm confused as to what your point is. But that it's not a can't miss quarterback. If you're saying that there are three no-doubters, well, then Cleveland should pick Barkley at one and take the one of the no-doubters at four. If it's that, But my other point is that I, I'm, this is the first time I'm hearing anyone really commit. I just don't hear that Andrew Luck enthusiasm about any of them. Well, they're not Andrew Luck. And by the way, Andrew Luck has not lived up to the hype either. I, well, I agree well, he's with been you. Hurt. But, but still, it doesn't matter. I mean, you know. 
Well, and I, thanks for the call, Mac. Uh, you know, luck was a huge prospect. I understand what Mac is saying. Right. There's not, you know, that can't miss. There's no quarterback here that's above some criticism, right? Darnold didn't win a ton of games this past year. Had a lot of turnovers. Uh, Rosen, you know, hasn't won a whole lot at UCLA over the years. Uh, you know, Mayfield, you could go to, you know, uh, off the field issues he's had. And all these guys have, you know, some kind of blip you could hit on. But I, th- I think the reason that, you hear it is because they're being compared to each other so often. I think that this is a really good, solid quarterback class where you want to have a top pick this year to be able to take one of these quarterbacks. To the point, the bigger point, there is no such thing as a can't miss. No such thing. No one knows for sure. You could say, well, Peyton Manning, well, remember, Peyton Manning was no lock to go number one either, and teams thought that he was evenly split with Ryan Leaf. So how did that work out at the time? Okay? You don't know. I mean, I remember all the talk about Michael Vick and how great he was going to be, and while he did some good things, maybe great things at times in the NFL, was he worthy of that pick? So you have to, you don't know. There's no such thing as a lock, as a sure thing, can't miss, sure fire guy. Maybe some guys have better odds than others, but there is no such thing as a guarantee. Well, whoever the Jets take in the first round. That's, yeah, right, exactly. That's the guarantee. How Jamarcus Russell, another one. How'd he turn out? Look at some of the best quarterbacks in the history of the sport have been taken, not with the top pick, they've been taken in late rounds. Yeah, 800-321-0710. Steve Z in Manhattan. What's up, Steve Z? Yo, what's up? How we doing? I'm good. How are you guys? Good, good. Okay, according to my my figures, my calculations, Adrian Gonzalez is the worst baseball player in the major leagues. Do you agree with that? No. Okay, why not? Uh, well, I mean, who are we counting? We don't even know who's is on the rosters in the major every play, Counting every player in baseball. Does he hit home runs? No. Is he the slowest person in baseball? Yes. Is he old? Yes. Does he play a position that's not a viable defensive position? Yes. What's worse? How can you be worse? How can you be worse? Well, are we talking so you're not taking pitchers into account? Correct, correct, correct. How can you be worse? Are you going to go Robles? Yeah, well, (laughs) I can list off a couple off the top of my head that are worse. There are worse. There are worse baseball players than. uh, There's not too many guys being paid twenty mil to go away, which was the case for Gonzalez in Atlanta this offseason. Number two, number two. Give me a reason based on the offensive, horrible contracts. And whatever, all the madness that's gone on with the Mets, how could, and the, and the minor league system, how could you justify Alderson still being the GM of this team? Give me one reason. The guy made the playoffs be. two years in a row for the second time in the history of the franchise a year ago. Right, what are you right. kidding me? That's justification enough. Okay, that's crazy. All right, I'm going to move on to another. I'm going to move on to two other That's things. all it took, Steve? Jeez. Well, because you can't argue with something like that. That's 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 absurd. I mean, I, you can't even go anywhere with that. I had to move on from that. That was too... All right, more facts too, and uh, figures from Steve Z. What, what's up <laughs> next? Okay, Christoph Porzingis, okay? Who? Why Christoph yeah. Porzingis, New York Knicks. Who? What team? Why does, why does anybody think that it's automatic that he's going to come back to the Knicks and not go play overseas? I haven't heard one person say... Christoph Zingas oh. doesn't need doesn't need the NBA. Is he, he gonna go, go hang out with LeVar Ball? He can go overseas. Do you agree with that? Do you think no, I don't. I think that's even worse than the idea of bringing up uh, maybe the Mets you move on from Alderson. 
Don't you okay, don't you think, Pete? Saying, I'm saying that he may leave. You are so nuts. Pete doesn't even want to acknowledge it, Steve Z. <laughs> okay, he last, doesn't even justify these with a comment. Okay, last point. Um, who do you think is going to be the first non-quarterback picked in the NFL draft? Barkley huh? is the yeah. clear guy. Absolutely not. Yeah. I will I will bet anything you guys want that it's going to be Chubb, and it will not be Barkley. You're hearing it from me. What do you want? What do you want to bet, Ray? Put him on hold and ask him what he wants to bet. Pete. Oh, he hung up. Of course. Uh, We're trying to get facts and figures with Steve Z. Boy, he's out there, man. I mean, I know he's had some crazy thoughts, but this, I mean, he's uh, three or four. Uh, three of the four were just, I mean, they made no sense. What was the one you're okay with? Uh, the first one was Adrian what? Adrian Gonzalez? Yeah, I mean, at least He's not that... the worst player in baseball, but... Uh... Yeah, he's not, but at least he's close to the other... argument. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not an Adrian Gonzalez fan here, so... Yeah, that's a position they're going to have to fix up. Lucas Duda, baby, bring him back! Oh, God. 800-321-0710, the number to get involved. <laughs> Uh, NCAA tournament, Sal. I I was very excited about a development last night. Okay, that's we, going to uh, affect some brackets. Very very excited. Did we'll you? Do, well, we'll do the bracket stuff next. Yeah, okay. we'll we'll come back. Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy, Sal Licata on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R. Plus your next chance to win a thousand dollars coming up at nine oh five. Now more of the W O R Sports Zone with Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. Pie day today, Sal. Yeah, I don't. I didn't know what that meant when I first heard it. You don't know pie? There's a day. Well, no, now I do. But there's a day for everything, and that's another thing, Pete. That bothers oh, me. Oh my gosh! Oh, come on! Oh, National Hot Dog Day, National Cupcake Day, National Napkin Day. And there should be a robot that invents all yeah, of these days. Right. National Robot Day. I'm sure there is. When's National Throw Your Cell Phone in the Ocean Day? Tomorrow. Yeah, I wish. Uh, well, I, I have a question. How, you know, you remember pie, right? Like, you remember what it looks like. 3.14? Yeah, it's the whole thing. Like, how far can you go? I don't remember what it looks with like. With the numbers. So, no. so as I was going to ask you, can you go, like, multiple decimal points? You know 3.14 right away. That's, right. you're already good. Yeah, well, I don't know about that. That's that's it, man. You're I, you've, good. you've maxed me out. That's well, it. That's it? <laughs> that's it. You want to take a crack? Can you go any further in this you, never-ending it, number? You want to discuss uniform numbers? Maybe some old-school <laughs> Yankee uniform numbers? I can mm. give you those. I can give you any number. I can't give you the pies. 3.14. Was it just repeated fours after that? No. Okay, what was it's it? It's not that simple. It's no. a mess. And you got Mark, right? Do you know it off the top of your head? No. I used to be able, I could get it to 1.5. I knew it, was, I knew it for a long time, 3.1415. After wow. that, I don't know. Wow, that's pretty good. That's a lot farther than I could have gotten. Mark, Mark's just looking like, don't ask me any math questions at all. This is not what I signed up for. I don't even know what it means, honestly, or where it comes from. I do remember, I guess, one thing for whatever reason. And what was it? Fifth grade math? Fourth grade yeah, math? Yeah, the, the number pi is a mathematical constant. Originally defined as the ratio of a circle's circumference to oh its God. diameter. Come on, Pete. You're killing me here. I mean, I never in my life thought I would ever use anything math-related, especially talking sports. Are you having flashbacks? Yeah, is this yeah I am. You, I you am. seem to be getting anxious as I, we talk I failed. Thing. If I could tell you how badly I failed sequential to math. Remember the blue book? Did you have the same thing? Like There was the red book and the blue book out on uh, in Long Island? I was yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, I went to Connecticut. You went to East Iceland. So, so I had the regions and stuff. So sequential yeah. two, I believe, was geography. Uh, well, I mean, well, not geography, geometry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> the other you, one, the other geo. You, you really just confused yeah, me. Yeah. But yeah, uh, either way, I failed so badly, man. I can remember going in to take those regions exams. I had 
zero interest in doing so. I don't think I opened that blue sequential two book all year. Yeah, I'm shocked that uh, a guy who you know hates on base, loves batting <laughs> average, wasn't very good at math in high school. Yeah, you know what, though? I could build a baseball team, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I don't need to go to Dartmouth to tell you who's a good baseball player or not. <laughs> Why'd you pick Dartmouth? Yeah, well, because I love Columbia. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's a Sandy crack? I, well, no. Don't, I've been using Dartmouth and Harvard, I guess, okay. in the two that... Uh, here you go, eight hundred three two one zero seven ten. Uh All right, last night, I was very excited, Sal. NCAA tournament, I'm a mid-major guy at heart. I went to Hofstra. You get a mid-major, an opportunity, like St. Bonaventure, to take on UCLA on a neutral court and actually give them a shot. So pleased the Bonnies came through and knocked off UCLA last night. Yeah, I saw you tweeting about it. I guess that's great. I, I from me, my personal perspective, I do not I can't get into college hoops. I mean, I'll reluctantly fill out a bracket tomorrow morning, right? Last minute get it in, and I will then start to pay attention to college basketball, but I have not only aside from the Ivy League and even this year with the Ivy League, I wasn't really into it. Um, but I know the Bonnies are a big deal uh, locally here and people get into that. Well, uh, they're not that local. Well, I, I mean, didn't know where they were. Do you know where in New York St. Bonaventure is? Like I, if I gave you a map of the state of New York, would you be able to point it no out? No chance. I would have had no idea at all. Where is it? It's like extreme western New York, south of Buffalo. It's basically a suburb of Cleveland, but it's in New York. Wow, that far, it's huh? It's way out there. It's like an eight-hour drive from here to St. Bonaventure. Yeah. Maybe it was six hours when I looked it up last night. But it's a long drive. So you just rooting, you're not rooting for them specifically, just the no. fact that it's a mid-major against UCLA? Yeah. It, well, well, the mid-majors the get hosed in this whole thing. You can have a very good regular season. And then you get to your conference tournament, and you either win that conference tournament or you're toast. You're out. Right. You're not getting in at large. You lose one game in the conference tournament. You go basically undefeated during the regular season, and you're done. I think sometimes the um, and the, the big you know they they say well you got to play the power schools. Power schools don't want to play you because they got nothing to gain. And if they do play you, you got to play at their place. You never get them on a neutral court. Yeah, but it, I mean. Look, I understand everybody wants to root for the mid-major. They're not as good as the powerhouse schools. Well, I think that the formula has changed to some degrees because so many of the power schools are dependent on freshmen and sophomores, you know, guys that aren't fully developed. And if you're a mid-major, you can have a bunch of 22-year-olds starting for your team. Yeah, I think sometimes the conference tournaments are more fun than the actual NCAA tournament because maybe it's more likely to have some upsets there. I know people get into the bracket and, oh, bracket's busted. But at the end of the day, for the most part, you already know who's going to be in the Final Four. Or at least you know the Elite Eight teams. There are only a select hand few uh, or a handful of teams that can actually win the whole thing going in. So while it is exciting to root for mid-majors, while it is exciting, the first-round potential close games or maybe some upsets here or there, Ultimately, when it comes down to it, it is a top-heavy sport. Can be. It's not always. You don't uh, think the majority? I mean, listen, the, the 16 seed isn't winning a game uh, like any other. Yeah, but the like the NFL case... playoffs, that the top seeds are typically going to win. Um, Give me the best case scenario for you know a 10 through 16 seed. They win two rounds. No, they're they're an underdog they're right from the four. right yeah. out of the gate. But that's what I mean. But they're not getting to the final four. Well, I you mean, have a number four seed like Arizona win the whole right. thing. Is that really? Would that be a shocking upset? And a lot of people picking Arizona. Would well, they have a, a lot of great players on yeah. it, but I think a number four seed winning the whole thing—it's not what you'd expect. There, that yeah. means that there are at least twelve teams 
that were ranked ahead of them did going you, into this thing. Did you fill out your bracket? No, I haven't done it. I'm going to do it tonight. So you will do it tonight. Are you in a pool locally? What's your? Uh, where do you, we don't have one here at OR. I'm yeah, assuming. I have a college pool that I've done that is running for the 25th consecutive year. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty. Congratulations. I'm old, huh? Is that the silver anniversary? <laughs> yeah, silver anniversary. Oh, okay. That's where he put it. <laughs> He's been doing it since he was in high school, so I joined up you know, later down the line. I've Getting probably old. done it like 15 years now. But, uh, but yeah, I'll be part of that. So what's your plan tomorrow? So these games, you know, start up a little afternoon. Are you locked in? Like, no. I don't think either of us are big college basketball guys, but I know at least by one one thirty, I'm locked in. I'm watching the end of these games. I want to see all the, you know, the mess and the madness. Like Thursday and Friday are great sports days to me. Yeah, they're probably the two best days of the tournament, right? Yes. I mean, in I, my opinion, yes. Um, for me personally, no. I'll be at the gym probably from one to two, and then I got to drive into work. So maybe I'll listen to whatever's on the radio. Do you want to adjust your life in any way, shape, or form mm, for March Madness? No, I doubt it. Had I had a different schedule, would I, you know, maybe order some pizza and watch some of the games? Uh, yeah, I could get into that. I know. Look, the pool's going to be a fun thing but the the other problem i have and again i'll try to enjoy it as best i can but i'm not letting it alter my life the way i would if it were a football playoff game or a big baseball game or even a regular baseball game for that matter did you ever allow it to take over your life like have you ever gone to vegas for say the ncaa tournament that's something that a lot of people aim to do and ray feel free to get in too Uh, have either of you guys ever done that i hear that vegas is just amazing Today, or excuse me, tomorrow and Friday with the NCAA tournament. The best, yeah, I've never been. To, have you okay. been to Vegas, Ray? With that? I have not during the tournament. I, okay. I have not. I've heard it's great. I just, I would not go there for that. I'd rather go for an NFL Sunday and maybe have some fun with that. The best tournament experience that I've had, and Ray, we used to work together at the other radio station. On Thursday, it was like a big deal. First of all, remember we used to grade the pools. Yes, we so they you used to have to well hand grade. These were like you know these were the, the golden thing. You have to grade them. It was such a pain in the neck, but there was all different bonuses. It was like a big time event. And then you know Frances would order pizza for everybody. The newsroom was all lit. There's all games all over the TV. So before I started working in the business in 2003, I really didn't care about college basketball. That got me into it and became an event. And then if I were off and I'd be home, I'd you know I'd check out some games, but I never made it a big point to do something that exciting. What's up, Brett? Now that's changed because you can get everything on TV with all the games at once now. But I went back in the early 2000s to CBS because well, we had a connection there and actually watched the tournament from their big board room, which they would set up where you could see all the games. And that was before the satellite and everything. Oh, yeah. When you could get it. That was a cool experience on a Thursday when you had you know four games at once and you couldn't see that at home. Oh, my previous job was MLB.com, and we handled the streaming for the NCAA tournament. So, so you was, had them all. Yeah, that was always great at work. We'd have all the games on in front, and you know, hey, this is just my desk. The, the, the TVs have to be here. Somebody's got to monitor they, they, what's make, happening. Did they make it a big deal, like have food and stuff, or was it just up to you individuals to? Uh... Uh, I don't remember having any food. I no. think it was, it was just, hey, look at the games on. So if so tomorrow you'll make a point to watch the games. I will. Yes, Come I'm going to go out. The show. Yes, I'm going to go out to the bar so I can watch as much as possible. Before multiple TVs or yeah, after. Yeah. No, I'm not going to drink. No, but no, I'll, I know. I'm going to go hang out at. Uh, probably go to Foley's, hang out, watch what's going on, and then scoot in. Wow. Okay, that's a big. So you are. I, I tried going to the bar across the street here a couple of years back. 
but they can only show two games at a time. So that, this isn't working. I can't. I need like four TVs because you have four games. Do going you on handle once. this the way you would like your football pools on a Sunday, to where you're like locked in because of your bracket and all that? And you know, you, you handle your picks on. You know, you say you watch the red zone, you go nuts with your picks. That's yeah, same. you know, it's not the same emotional response for me, but I'll I'll watch, and then when it gets late in the game, I'm uh, I'm hyped up. Interesting. Oh, that's fascinating. I think it's cool. I mean, if I were off, I'd go with you. I'd go hang out with you. Yeah. Well. By two o'clock, I'll be crying in a puddle, and uh, my bracket will be dead, and I'll just be complaining about it. All you know, day. that's the other reason why I probably get frustrated with it. All these years, I always try to pick upsets. Who's going to pick one seeds right in the final four? So you always, you never want to go chalk. You want to have some fun with it. And I'm always done by by Saturday, the uh, the latest. Well, I love the bracket pool I'm in because you get bonus points for the difference in seeds. So yes. let's say it's yeah. one point if you win a first-round game, but if you pick a 12 over a 5, you're getting that 7-point differential plus the 1. Right. So it behooves you to pick those upsets and try to get those extra bonus points, and that becomes more fun. Now, you can't have the 12 seed winning the whole tournament. You're not going to win that way, but if you pick some upsets early in that first round... You can have some fun. You yeah. can take a big lead. So that's are, what I usually do. I take a big lead, and then everything falls apart. Those are the best pools, along with the bonuses. Yeah, yeah, I enjoy that. It's a nice, nice wrinkle to me. Hey, have you seen uh, Tom Brady recently? He's a little yeah. off to me, right? Off? I, I just feel like he's like a little off. I, I don't. I mean, he's getting weird or something. We'll we'll come back and uh, okay. and talk about it. That's uh, Sports Zone. Pete McCarthy, Salicata, uh, plus your chance to win a thousand dollars coming up at nine oh five. All right here on the Voice of New York seven ten W O R. We're back in the WOR Sports Zone. Here's Pete McCarthy and guest co-host Sal Licata. All right, back here in the Sports Zone. Uh, Sal, you see Tom Brady on the Colbert show? I did. The other night? I enjoyed it. You see him chug that beer? <laughs> How he awesome was that? Quick. Yes, he did. That was impressive. His Michigan college day is coming back to the forefront. Dude's a competitor. I forget that healthy <laughs> eating. My goodness. Well, he ate a strawberry, apparently, for the first time in his life on the show. And those are funny bits. Uh, you know, it's after the Super Bowl, so I guess he can let himself go for uh, an yeah, appearance right. with Colbert. But... Like, there are just aspects of it in Brady's personality and just the way he's smiling and acting. And maybe he just wasn't comfortable, but it was like, he seems like a weirdo when you're watching him there. I didn't. I, I agree with you. I watched it, and I don't think he was comfortable at all. I'm not, I mean, he tried to have fun with it, but it was awkward. He came across as awkward because he was outside of his comfort zone, not knowing how to act instead of just acting. And awkward is not a word that we've really ever put on Tom Brady. Well, watch him watch him play football and watch him on Colbert and you could see where his comfort zone clearly is. Yeah. He's just I, I feel like he was acting as if people were going to react to his every move, which they probably are, but you can't think like that. If you and I were doing a talk show thinking about what other people were going to say, it would be no good. We just do the show and pretend that nobody's listening or you don't think about somebody listening. So you could see he was acting as if he felt eyeballs on him and there was that awkward element to it. And I, I know I'm sitting there and he has the strawberry, the beer. It's like, this is the beginning of the end. This is it. <laughs> Once he has that first strawberry, you don't stop. You yeah. get that first strawberry free to get you hooked. Yeah, I don't. That's the I way the fruits work. I can't believe he never ate a strawberry prior nice. in his life. How is that possible? And then he does it on the Colbert yeah. show. Uh, but Colbert's Ooh. job was to make him uncomfortable. Have you watched the Tom versus Time thing on Facebook? No. See, if you watch that, you get he's more comfortable there 
than he was on Colbert. So I, at least I have that as a reference, and I thought it was very good. Just check it out. Uh, it's 15 minutes an episode. There are like six episodes. You know, it's a good behind-the-scenes look into him and his family life and, you know, behind the season a little bit. And you just watch it on Facebook? Yeah, you, exactly. I don't even have a Facebook account, but you could just go on there and watch it. So it's right there. No um, Facebook account for you. No. Good no, for you, dude, man. technology, I told you. Good I'm not, for you. I'm not down. You have one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so how about this for the Patriots, some actual football part of it. Deion Lewis, Nate Solder, Malcolm Butler, Danny Amendola, all out. Uh, interesting, you know, Gronk. Where'd Lewis go again? Detroit? Lewis uh, went to Tennessee. Oh, Tennessee. Okay. So Rob Gronkowski went on Instagram to give a shout out to Danny Amendola and said, you know, thanks for all the hugs and memories. Stay lit. Be free. Be happy. And he capitalized free and happy. Hmm. Some uh, problems there in New England? May, maybe. I mean, maybe they're not allowed to have as much fun playing football. Well, as of course they're not. Yeah. It's New England. It's yeah, Belichick. You know that's why they win. That's why all these guys who are going elsewhere are not going to perform the way that they did under Belichick in New England. You see the beginning of the end there in New England? No. I'm sorry. I can't get sucked into it again. Do you? I know you're hopeful for it. Yeah. What else am I going to do? You know, Sacrifice that, the division of the Patriots AFC, year in, year out. You think about it, AFC East is Bills, I mean, you know, the Bills are the Bills. The Dolphins stink. I mean, they're trading away all their good players. Jets have a chance. If it's going to be anybody, it would be the Jets. No? Uh, yeah, you could say the Jets are the Jets, too. So, yeah, that's you know, fair. The all, Bills are saying the Jets kind of are the Jets. <laughs> all right. Uh, big thanks, Ralph Vecchiano, joining us on the show tonight. Uh, for Ray Martell, Mark Wiener, I'm Pete McCarthy. Sal, always a pleasure having you in. We'll see you next Wednesday night. Yeah. Thanks, bud. Yeah, all right. Is that it? Your next chance to win $1,000 coming up at 9.05 right here on 710 WOR. Steven Matz tomorrow night, 610 on the show.